Good morning, Glory. Hallelujah to you. Welcome to Backtracks Aerosmith Revisited, brought to you by Pop Rock and Radio, Ken Knapsock's Pop Rock and Radio, the big hits, album cuts and B-sides from the rock and pop world that make up the soundtrack of our lives. Look for live shows and make requests, sing and dance and celebrate the music with the Pop Rock and Radio community. That includes myself, Corey Marset, and my co-host on this show, the one and only St. John Mariano. How are you tonight, my friend? I am terrific, Corey. It has been a hell of a week. Um, I hung out um, Tuesday night. I, I was playing a uh, little Red Dead Redemption with Ken, our sponsor, mm-hmm. and, and, and our good friend, uh, Jeff Saunders. And we were playing some Red Dead Redemption um, for like two or three hours. Um, he didn't go he, he didn't go live this week, so we just played uh, played on our own, like, like a little, a little uh, scrimmage against each other. It was fun. Is that a fun game? I, I've never played Red Dead Redemption. It's the old West, but kind of like through the eyes of Westworld, like you realize people are robots and you could kind of do whatever you want to them and um, you can set them on fire and and blow them up. So typically if you have a bad day, it's a good game to play. Um, You can be, you can play it as an outlaw. You can play it as what they call like a white hat or a lawman. I tend to play it like an outlaw because I tend to be nice or, or, or take the high ground a lot in life. So that, that, that hostility has to go somewhere for e- eating a lot of crow over time. I gotcha. Now, see, when I've had a, a tough week, a long week, uh, I like sitting down in front of my computer uh, with my Wiser Special Blend and my Coke Zero and my good friend John and the music of Aerosmith, one of my all-time favorite bands, uh, stretching way, way back since I was a kid. I remember when Walk This Way with Run DMC came out and really ignited my love for this band and then permanent vacation and all the Geffen stuff. And then I went back and revisited all the Columbia stuff. Then they went back to Columbia and did a bunch of stuff. And th- this band has just been uh, a huge part of the soundtrack of my life. And I was so happy uh, when John begged and pleaded for me to do a podcast about Aerosmith with them. And uh, it's been a hell of a ride so far, John. Yeah. You, you, you know, before we started doing this, it had been a while since I had listened to Aerosmith and I've admittedly missed a couple of albums here and there. And I gotta say, you've you, you've kind of reignited my love for it. You know, I feel I feel like o- over the years, some 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 of their drama has gotten to me. I think I think some of my own drama has gotten to me. And, and yeah, you know, sometimes you fall a little stale on things you love, and it's nice to go back to it and fall back in love with it and remember why you did in the first place. And I think that's part of the po- point of this show, right? Exactly. That's the entire point of this show. We're not. Aerosmith historians, we're not musicians, we're not music experts, we're fans. And we love this band and we're rediscovering their music along with the audience. Uh, hopefully, if you're along for this ride with us, uh, you'll be listening to some tracks maybe you haven't heard in a long time or haven't heard at all. Or even listening to the classics with a different ear and uh, trying to determine what is going on the ultimate Aerosmith mixtape. And at the end of the show, John, some 300 and plus shows later, we are going to have the ultimate 18 tracks that we can say this is the best representation of Aerosmith on a mixtape. You know, as much as I love this show, I love spending time with you, Corey. I love talking Aerosmith, listening to Aerosmith. There is one thing about this show that has become the bane of my existence. Uh-oh. Um, the dice. I know <laughs> I know the dice was my idea. Yep. I, I, thought, I, I thought it would be cute and fun and like a nice little gimmick for us to pick a song every week. But I got to be honest. The dice hate me. They really do. Right? Like, if, 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 if we were playing, I'd be crapping out every episode. And I have been. 
I have been. I've crapped out all but one episode. And and you are killing it. And you know, you've owned the mixtape so far. And I hold no ill will to, towards you. I'm enjoying your selections. I'm enjoying whatever selection we're gonna get to hear of yours tonight when the dice <laughs> betray me once again. Um you, you want to remind everybody what's adorning our dice this week? Absolutely. The uh, six songs uh, currently on our Aerosmith die include uh, John Selections, which are Rats in the Cellar, Permanent Vacation, and The Other Side. Uh, my three selections currently are Chip Away the Stone, Jailbait, and Walk on Water. So I went a little deeper with a couple of those just because I, I don't like the pressure of when we pick one of my songs, I got to automatically just jump into the catalog and, and pick another song. I'm really hoping I get a week off and we pick one ears a, because you have three great tracks on the die and B I, I can't live with the pressure anymore. of trying to pick another song. What am I going to pick after one of mine gets selected tonight? All I know is that this show has been great for me because I have to have very little thought going in. Um, I don't have to worry or have no pressure about having a backup song. I just show up, talk about your song and I go home. <laughs> It's that easy, right? I have all, all the all the hard work here, and uh, gosh. Yeah, come on! Everybody talking about ministers, sinisters, banisters, canisters, bishops and fishops and rabbis and babas and baba, baba, baba. I don't even know what that is, but I, I maybe I'll put that on the desk. I, I do have a question because it, 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 that opens up several questions for me. Of course, it does. I think the biggest one is. Is Steven Tyler ordering the Popeye's chicken sandwich too? I, I think so. This is what he does at the drive-thru window. Right? Like, like, I just want him, I would love to get his reaction to eating the spicy chicken sandwich from Popeye's because I think it's flipping fantastic. Have you had it? I have it. We don't have a ton of Popeye's in Canada, at least I got, where I am. I got to buy some and just drive it up to you. Please. How long of a drive is that from Long Island to Saskatchewan? That's got to be at least, what, three days? I don't know. I feel like it's like 17 hours at least. I don't know. <laughs> You could do that, right? I'm craving chicken now. I've done it before. All right. All, all, all I'm hoping is that whatever we, we, we pick tonight. And put some stank on it. It's got some Joe Perry stank on it. That, that's what I'm hoping for. I mean, we, we've gotten some Joe Perry stank lately. I'm hoping for some of the uh, Steven Tyler flair and lyrics tonight. I feel like we've missed out on a couple of tracks. And I, I, I need a little bit of that sprinkled over our song tonight. No, I, I, I would agree. Uh, the, the last song, uh, lyrics by Joe Perry, uh, left us feeling a little flat. Uh, but we got some good good Steven Tyler selections on the die here uh, tonight. So what do you say, John? Should we give her a shake and see what comes up? I mean, I mean we know it's one of three sides, so let's see what comes up. <laughs> All right, here we go. The other side, it's a John track. It's from Pump 1989, one of the big singles. Oh, John, tell wait, us wait. about the other side. I just feel like I, I, I nailed a hat trick, Corey. I feel like I nailed <laughs> a hat trick. I left the hockey game, ran to the football field, and threw three touchdowns. Wow. Right? Like, that's how I feel right now that this dice loves me this much. The other side, let me tell you, when I got pumped, I, I was familiar with, with, with the singles off of it, um, thanks to MTV being part of the MTV generation. Um but I wasn't familiar that much with the other side. It didn't get a ton of radio play for me here on the Island. And this was my favorite track at the time um, off of this album. It's one of the songs 
that helped me fall in love with this band, which is why I why I picked it and why I put it on. There are a couple of other tracks that were, <clears throat> but being but being the age that I am, I came into this band a little bit later. I wasn't familiar with their '70s stuff right away, um, and, and it was it was really between Permanent Vacation and Pump where I fell in love with them. But I got to say, Pump was the album. It was my first Aerosmith album. Then I bought Permanent Vacation. I think I fell more in love with Permanent Vacation over the years. Um, but this track off of Pump is bar none one of my favorite Aerosmith tracks. Oh, I, I concur. Uh, absolutely. Pump is one of the, not only one of my favorite Aerosmith albums, one of my favorite albums, period. And uh, side two of Pump kicks off with the Dulcimer Stomp, which we should probably listen to because that's kind of the lead in, right? Oh, I, the I, other side. I, I view them as almost the same song. I know you might not get get the December stomp in concert, but I view them as very much the same song. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. But this is written by Steven Tyler and Jim Valance. Uh, Jim Valance, uh, I know quite well because he's a Canadian and he's a, a very good songwriter. He writes for Brian Adams. I, I, I love that quantifier. Like, I know him because he's Canadian. That's right. I know every Canadian. <laughs> there are five people who live in the States, so I have no idea. Right? Like, I know of them, but I don't know them. We, we I, are so proud as a nation when one of our own succeeds. Uh, and Jim Valance has written songs with uh, uh, Bonnie Raitt, Aerosmith, of course, Carly Simon, Rod Stewart, Roger Daltrey, Tina Turner, Alice Cooper, Ozzy Osbourne, Europe, Kiss, Scorpions, Anne Murray, and Joe fucking Cocker. Jim Valance is the man. I mean, I, I mean, that, that's a hell of a resume. It really is. And, uh, He's done a lot of good work with with Aerosmith. And The Other Side was released uh, June 6, 1990. Of course, the album came out in 1989, uh, written by Steve Todd and Jim Valance. Uh, also listed as songwriters are Holland, Dozer, and Holland. I think they kind of helped with uh, Dulcimer Stomp. This album produced by Bruce Fairbairn. Um, if you're like me and you're, you're about my age in, in the mid-40s, whenever you got a cassette or a record, you would you know read the liner notes. And some of the best albums of this era were produced by Bruce Fairbairn. Uh, he's done a tr lot of tremendous stuff. He did some Van Halen. Uh, he's done some uh, Kiss, uh, Bon Jovi. He did their two biggest albums, Slippery Wind Wet and New Jersey. Uh, he did ACDC. Um, you know, a great producer uh, from uh, Vancouver, Canada, unfortunately, no longer with us. Um, but whenever you hear Bruce Fairbairn uh, in Little Mountain Studios in Vancouver, you think this is going to be a well-produced album. And, 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 and you're not underselling it at all, Corey. Um this is one of, one of their best tracks overall. Um, it's going to finish on the mixtape. That's a spoiler. Um, <laughs> but but I promise you, I will fight Corey tooth and nail if he tries to remove this. He can have this mixtape where he, he removes the other side from my cold, dead hand. Wow. Boy, that's saying something. When you got like 340-some shows to go, you're already proclaiming this as being a permanent resident on the mixtape? That's big. I'm saying that if you try to take this off, I'm putting you on a permanent vacation, my friend. Oh, God, I'm scared. Well, I may not because I love this song. What do you say we give a listen to uh, Dulcimer Stomp and then The Other Side? Go for it.
right, Johnny Dulcimer stop. What did you think? I think it's one of the best musical interludes in rock. Um, it, it, it plays off expectations of what you'd expect to hear out of Aerosmith to a degree. Um, it's not heavy at all. And based on what we're about to hear, it's a great interlude from side A into side B. And listening to the, listening to all these tracks together as a whole, it makes a lot of sense why, why this was inserted where it was inserted. And this was an album where they uh, I put a few of these uh, kind of musical interludes uh, before songs. I re- uh, before Janie's Got a Gun, we had a water song. Um, there was a, a little hidden instrumental track uh, included with What It Takes. Um, so I, I like, you know, this, this is something that Van Halen always did, right? They put an instrumental uh, ahead of a song. And uh, I'm really glad kind of Aerosmith kind of, you know, uh, took up that trend as well because Dulcimer's Stop is just wonderful. And it gets you prepared for a good rock and track here. That's a little Steven Tyler stank for you. This is exactly what I'm... Yeah. This is exactly what I was hoping for tonight, is this song kicks you in the nuts just to start. And it kicks (laughs) you in the nuts in the best way with Steven Tyler's mouth. (laughs) <laughs> that is the best way. And we got a little horn section coming up here too, which Aerosmith wasn't afraid to use uh, starting with permanent vacation. Right. I know uh, actually the song permanent vacation. Uh, of course, dude looks like dude looks like a lady also had some horns in there. So uh, Aerosmith not afraid to break out the brass section, which is kind of cool. No, it's very indicative of this era of rock, right? Like um, there was incorporating more and more, you know, we're almost getting into that era where, where we're going to start seeing some orchestras play, play with bands. We're not quite there yet, but, they, but they're bringing in some of the brass section a little bit. And the, the, 80s, the 80s and the early 90s were rife with like sax solos and things of that nature. So, so here, here we are with one of the heavier bands out there and, and we're getting some brass with it. And you, you know what? Take some brass balls to play the song or to listen to the song. And I think we need some right now, Corey. I, I agree. Here we go. there's some steven tyler lyrics for you my mama told me there'd be days like this and man she wasn't fooling because i just can't believe the way you kiss that's fantastic yeah and and this is this is one of those songs that's rich with those kind of lyrics um you don't have to worry about tons of double entendre but but the lyrics and the way he's spinning and and it's the band moving on all cylinders right now yeah tremendous groove to this song like you, you can't help but just bop your head along to it like the band is cooking Steven's cooking. Uh, Jim Valance, his input uh, is tremendous. I'm a big Brian Adams fan. Of course, he's probably uh, most well-known for his work with Brian Adams. Um, everything is just clicking on this song here. Uh-huh. You 
love me, you hate me. I tried to take the loss. You're crying me a river, but I got to get across. That that's some great A lyric right there. And I can't I, I don't know if I should attribute that to Steven or to Jim Valance because both of them pretty tremendous lyricists. Yeah, I I can't I can't credit who with what here, but I can tell you not only does it work, like I'm not commenting a lot right now because Corey's watching me and I'm rocking out of my chair. It's almost like every time Corey stops so we can talk, I'm half disappointed because I just want to get back to the song. Um, I'm, I'm having such a blast right now. I mean, first of all, I'm ecstatic that the dice love me this much to pick this song tonight, but also like, God, I love the song. Here's something superficial for you, John. Do you remember the video uh, for this song? Vaguely. You know what? When Aerosmith on this tour, on the pump tour, uh, their backdrop, it, it, they had it staged so it looked like they were on top of a roof of like a hotel and they had the town that they were in, in, in like neon letters in the background and backwards. So it looked like they were, you know, it was facing the street type thing. And uh, this video was a live performance video and it had that, but I'll never forget. I, I couldn't go to see them. Not a lot of the bands came to Saskatchewan in 1989. Aerosmith did. And I remember seeing a shot in the local newspaper of the band on the stage and they had the word Regina in the background because that's where they were playing. And uh, just as this sense of, of provincial pride because nobody ever played here. And here, Aerosmith, not only did they come and play there, but they actually put the word Regina or the town that they were playing it on there. And I thought that was very, very cool. This would have been a tremendous uh, tour to go see them on. Oh, this would have been one of, one of the great tours of all time to see any band in, right? And like every band has that tour. And for Aerosmith, it would have been this tour. And I know they have great songs that come off, and some of the greatest songs come on albums after this. But, you know, with that being said, where they are in their career at the point of pump is they're as big as they've ever been. This is the pinnacle, isn't it? I was just going right, to say, like, right. in terms of everything, popularity, how the band is performing, how Steven is singing, how he's writing, everything kind of comes together. It converges around pump, doesn't it? Well, it converges, and somehow it gets bigger on Get a Grip. Like, it does, just because... As we get to the singles on Get a Grip, some of those were even bigger than these singles, mm. popularity-wise. I feel like this is where the core fans were, were grabbed. Those loyal core fans were grabbed off of Pump. I know there were core fans from the 70s and then some that started to continue. But of this rebirth of Aerosmith that we're seeing now, I feel like this is, this is, this is the one that grabbed them by the throat. I know it grabbed me by the throat. And I know what you're saying about the singles on Get a Grip, uh, and we already covered a, a Get a Grip song that was phenomenal. I don't know if there's a bad song on Pump, whereas oh, there's maybe one or two on Get a Grip where you'd be like, oh, that's skippable. I don't think well, there's a skippable song on I, Pump. I, I completely agree with you. I feel like there's a couple of what I would consider perfect albums that Aerosmith has put out. I think Permanent Vacation is one of them. I think Pump is another one. I think Toys in the Attic is the other one. And, and I, I, those are the three where I'm going to have trouble leaving tracks off of this mixtape. Um, and, and I think I think it's going to be hard to find a song you don't like on any of those albums. And this 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 is just proof of that. You know, the average set list on the Pump Tour, uh, and get a load of this set list, started with Young Lust and then F-I-N-E Fine, Monkey on My Back, Heart's Done Time, don't get mad, get even. Janie's got a gun. Permanent vacation. Mommakin. Train kept a rolling. Voodoo medicine man. What it takes. 
they did a Jimi Hendrix cover, Red House, Back in the Saddle, Draw the Line, Ragdoll, Sweet Emotion, Dude, Looks Like a Lady, Dream On, Love in an Elevator, and Walk This Way. Can you think of a better set list from a band than maybe that one? I do remember, though, some of my friend's older cousins complaining that there wasn't enough 70s Aerosmith played at the, at the shows back then. Oh, yeah, because you got, like, Mamakin and Train and uh, Sweet Emotion and Walk This Way, and that's really about it, and Dream On. There's, like, five yeah. tracks, right, out of 20. Yeah, and I, I do remember that being one of the criticisms. But looking back on it, like, that, this is a hell of a show. <laughs> Well, and they play the majority of Pump Live, right? You got Young Lust, yeah. Fine, Monkey, uh, Don't Get Mad, Get Even, uh, which is a deep cut. Voodoo Medicine Man, which is probably the deepest cut off that album. What It Takes, uh, you know, Janie, and then, uh, of course, uh, Love in an Elevator uh, is part of the encore. They, they did the majority of this album live. That encore, Dream On, Love in an Elevator, and Walk This Way, it doesn't get much better than that to, to, to go home after a show. I know I got to stop it because I, I'm just listening to the song at this point because I love it so much, but the, the transition from the chorus to the verse is so smooth and so fucking cool. I loved it. This is one of my favorite choruses that the band has. I know they have bigger songs. I know they have more popular songs, but like the reason why I put this track this early in us recording is I truly feel like this is a track where I go, you want to hear a band that's going to kick you in the balls? You, you want to hear a band that's going to grab you by the tits? Like that kind of song? Yeah. This is that kind of song. It is, and it's quintessential late 80s, early 90s Aerosmith. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I don't see this leaving the mixtape. It may, who knows when we get to show 300, what's going to happen, but holy crap, am I enjoying the hell out of this song right now. You, you, you've been warned, Corey. You've been warned. <laughs> you know what? Bring it on. You, you're going to drive three days to kick my ass? Go ahead. I'm not afraid of you, John Mariano. I, I, I think you underestimate my willingness to drive for vengeance. <laughs> All right, I'm going to keep listening to this song. We have what I consider one of Joe Perry's best guitar solos, but leading into it, like the Steven Tyler outro, whatever you want to call it, leading into the into it, I feel like is one of the best transitions 
into a guitar solo that Aerosmith does. What are your feelings on this, Corey? Agree 100%. And I was sitting there listening to Joe go to town and, you know, he's all over the fretboard. But it's not, it's not the playing a ton of notes for the sake of playing a ton of notes. It fits the song, right? He's low in the register when he needs to be. He, get, he brings it up. He brings it down. The, the solo is almost telling a story. Uh, and, and I can't stress this enough. This is Aerosmith, I believe, at the height of their powers. As great as the 70s stuff is, you know, 89, Aerosmith was the best band, I think, on the fucking planet. And they're cooking here, and they're, they're proving it, because here's Joe Perry playing a great bluesy-type solo uh, to an upbeat song with tremendous lyrics, and the band behind him, Joey Kramer, uh, Tom Hamilton, Brad Whitford, killing it right with, with that backing track and the guitar tone sounds great it's produced incredibly well say what you will about bruce fairburn if you're even if you're not a fan of the the poppier stuff that he kind of did with bon jovi and, and that kind of thing he he was a rock producer in a lot of ways and this is is aerosmith sounding their absolute best i think i, I think the poppiness or, or, or whatever is is reflective more of the band that, that, that's working with him and less of him because because if you listen to this he really is playing to all of Aerosmith's strengths with whatever he's doing here, right? It, because he has to be, because everybody collaboratively, like, I feel like last week's show, I felt like we kind of heard different people doing different things, not completely jiving together, where I feel like this is the melting pot I was looking for. Mm -hmm. This is all five of them uh, playing at, at Little Mountain Sound Studio in Vancouver, British Columbia and working on these tracks together because they're all five tremendous musicians, tremendous songwriters, and just firing on all cylinders. All right, we got a minute 34 here to go. I just want to point out the, the guitar underneath that. You know, you had a common girl, so take me to the other. Like, uh, both Brad and Joe really fucking killing it on that. Like, uh, you really hear that, that that guitar, and it just really punctuates uh, that lyric, and it works so well. It, everything that's going on is complementing everything else that's happening. And it, it is, like, you get told, like, you get to eat a perfect meal. And sometimes you walk away from that meal and you're like, something was like either slightly overcooked or undercooked or something. And here we are, and this is a perfect meal. And I got to say, like, my meal was cooked to perfection, exactly how I expected it, exactly how I wanted it. And maybe there were some flavors in there I didn't expect, but I was happy that they were there. Good call. Good call.
All right, John Mariano, that's the other side from 1989's Pump. I only have one word, and that word is... Outstanding. I love that song. I feel like that underscores everything that we just heard. <laughs> um, so, so I'm going to get a little personal here. My daughter right now is writing a paper for her math class, oddly enough, on the number 42. And she had to pick her favorite number between the number 21 and 100. Um, it's some weird assignment she has. And she asked me for some help. And I recommended 42 because of Mariana Rivera mm-hmm. for a lot of reasons. And I bring that up only because one of the hardest things to do in all of sports is to hit, hit a baseball, right? Hitting a round object with a round object is widely known to be one of the hardest things to do. And sometimes you know what pitch is coming. With Mariano Rivera, you always knew what pitch was coming. He only threw one. He threw a cutter. And he could walk up to home plate and say, I'm throwing the cutter. They knew this. And more times than not, he got people out and became a Hall of Famer and the only unanimous Hall of Famer based on that idea. And to me, this song is the music equivalent to a Mariano Rivera cut fastball. Nice. Uh, This is a song when it came out, John, it only hit number 22 uh, on the Hot 100 and number one on the mainstream rock charts, of course, but uh, on the Billboard Hot 100, only number 22. And I find that shocking. And I said at the top of the episode, it wasn't played a lot. And that's true. It wasn't played a lot on the radio on Long Island at the time. You know, you, you, you would get Love in the Elevator. You, 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 get, you get some of the bigger tracks. You, you get what it takes once in a while. Mm-hmm. You get some of the tracks over permanent vacation. You get Walk This Way by Run, with Run DMC. But the other side was few and far between. So listen, listen, listening to the, the rock and pop stations in, in the late 80s, early 90s, you scarcely got the other side. And even on MTV, you had to chase it down. And there's one of those things when I would find it, it blew me away. And it was like, I need that track. I don't know if it was the scarcity or or just because they're cooking on all cylinders. I think it was a combination of both that made me fall in love with this track. It did win the MTV uh, Music Award for Best uh, Performance Video, I believe, back in uh, 1990. Uh, the song won the MTV Video Music Award for Best Rock Video in 1991. Uh, but yeah, uh, like you said, uh, it was the fourth single off of Pump. Uh, Janie's Got a Gun was first, then Love in an Elevator, then What It Takes. So coming off of that, the other side, it was kind of like on the downslope uh, of the album's uh, cycle, uh, which is unfortunate. I would have maybe led off with this one because it is that damn good. And, and Corey just threw me under the bus a little bit. So <laughs> a, a true confession about MTV, and it's not that I hadn't watched the video, but at this time, I was still kind of under my mother's rule a little bit in my household. And MTV was very limited view- viewing in my house. So it could be the times of day I was watching MTV or the shows I was allowed to watch in my house. I wasn't getting a lot of other side. Um, so so just, to, just to clear the air in case anybody wants to call me out and say I was BSing on the show. I wasn't BSing. It's just I didn't really want to bring up my mother's rules of the, of the 80s and 90s and limiting that back in the time when I had to sneak watching Married with Children or something behind her back. Um, I wasn't necessarily always, you know, sneaking to, to watch MTV. Um, but God, I love this song. Love this song. Uh, I see it having a very long life on the mixtape. Maybe it makes the final 18. Um, you know, out of all the songs we've done, this is the one I feel the most confident in so far. Oh, I, 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 I would almost bet my life on it. 
Um, I just don't trust us enough as we get <laughs> d- deeper in to, to actually bet my life on it. But I would almost bet my life that this makes the mixtape. All right, John. So you know what that means. The other side is now off the die. It's on the mixtape. My friend, you get to pick the next song that goes on the die. What are you thinking? Is it going to be 70s, 80s, 90s, later? I think I'm going with something off of Rocks. Ooh, Rocks. Nice. That's a great album. Yeah, I feel I feel like I'm feeling pretty well right now, but it, it is flu season around here. And I think because of that, I'd like to go with Sick as a Dog. That is a great track. The only thing I would say is that maybe the best version is on a live bootleg, but you, you can't go wrong with Sick as a Dog. That is a fantastic track. Uh, you, you know, we probably have another 12 episodes before we get to it, but <laughs> we'll get to it at some point. We will. So just to remind everybody, the current uh, songs on the die are Chip Away the Stone, Rats in the Cellar, Jailbait, Permanent Vacation, Walk on Water, and now Sick as a Dog. Whatever we roll next, John, it's going to be a good one, I think. Oh, I have no doubt about that. I can't wait to hear Corey's track next week. <laughs> um, we're on a John Mariano roll now, right? We're, you're, you're the you're one and oh here. It's not, it's not a winning streak till I get two in a row, my friend. Well, I'm, I'm really kind of hoping because you got three good ones on the die. So I'm, I'm up for hearing any one of them. We got some good stuff on there right now. Well, in the meantime, you can find me li- listening to and requesting songs on Pop Rocket Radio every uh, Wednesday and Saturday. Um, Ken Knapsack is absolutely killing it. Occasionally, he, he has his own Patreon I'd like to plug too. It's just uh, Ken, Ken Knapsack um, on Patreon. And he, do- he does... Um, a Saturday night knapsack show, which is, you know, his variety show in the vein of kids in the hall or Saturday night live, but it's a one man show. He's doing all the characters. He's working very hard. He, every other week he puts it out only, only for his patrons. And it, for my money, it's some of the best entertainment on Saturday nights. No, I, I can't stress that enough. I absolutely agree with you. Uh, check out Ken knapsack on his Patreon and on uh, pop rock and radio and, if you like Star Wars, he's got a show for you. If you like comedy, he's got a show for you. If you like great music, he's got a show for you. Uh, join the Patreon. Join the Discord. we got a lot of great folks on there, including John and myself. Uh, so you can come on there and visit with us. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at uh, BT Aerosmith. Um, you know, please interact with us. Let us know what you think of the songs we're covering here every week. Maybe you agree. Maybe you disagree. It's all good. Uh, let us know. And... Um, you know, maybe we'll take requests too, because I know uh, after I went on that five and O run there, John, I was like, what do I play next? If you got a song you'd like to hear right away, you know, let me know. Uh, once we get back on a Corey winning streak, uh, I'll be willing to put that on the dice for sure. And I just want to throw it out there. If people don't want to put in requests, I will happily be your advocate and put in requests for you. <laughs> well, you're doing pretty well so far because your three songs out there are really, really good. And I know uh, Steven Tyler would say, Watch with the juju bees on your oobies. <laughs> Very much a John Mariano quote. So, John, if you are good, uh, maybe we should wrap it up for this week. I am good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna crack open this tequila with you after the show, and we can, we can sit around and catch up a little bit. It's been a while, my, my friend. It really has. Uh, I, I enjoy this time with you every single week, and I enjoy uh, this week with all of you as well. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening, going on this journey with us, rediscovering the. Uh, iconic catalog of Aerosmith. And as always, we will give the final word to one Mr. Steven Tyler. (laughs) 